Support for this podcast comes from the Florida Atlantic University College of Business, home to over 8,000 students, seven departments, six centers, and an impressive offering of interdisciplinary and professional development programs taught by the college's world-class faculty. Learn more at business.fau.edu. Welcome to What's Happening at FAU Business. I'm Kelly McCormick, and I work in the Dean's Office at the College of Business, where I focus on engagement for alumni. Here's where I can talk to alumni about common challenges faced by young professionals. Together with my guest, we will discuss what they've seen in the workplace, how they've overcome obstacles, and provide tips for success. For more on College of Business alumni, please visit business.fau.edu slash alumni. Today, I'm speaking with Shireen Abuhana. Shireen is a two-time graduate of FAU's College of Business. As an undergrad, she double majored in finance and management, graduating in 2016. She turned right back around and earned her MBA as well in 2018. She is currently working at Slavic 401k as supervisor of new plans. Shireen is still deeply involved with FAU as an alumna. She serves on the Dean's Junior Advisory Board and as a mentor in the Business Mentor Program. Okay, I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Shireen, I want to welcome you back to the show. Thanks again for coming on. I love having you here. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I wanted for you to talk a little bit about your experience as an undergrad here at FAU. Yeah, so um, I started in the fall and I... Didn't I would just like most um, freshmen, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do 100 percent. So I kind of went like switched around from communications and then I was like, oh, I want to do business. And then I decided to major in finance um, because I was like, you know, that's where the jobs are at kind of thing. So I was like bouncing around through different types of, you know, majors. And I realized that, you know, there was a lot of resources here at FAU that I was able to utilize to kind of help me succeed throughout my academics here um, at FAU. And I also kind of understood really, you know, by the time I was a, I would say a junior, the importance of getting involved on campus and really kind of utilizing those resources, but also kind of building connections from an early part of your educational career that can kind of help you out through, you know, graduation and then moving forward to the professional, you know, area. So mm-hmm. I kind of got involved, you know, my junior year because I was like, I need to start building these connections with, you know, honor societies, um, you know, sorority and fraternity life as well. Okay. So I kind of wanted to make sure I got like, you know, well-rounded um, involvement. That's great. So you were in a sorority and mm-hmm. I know that you were probably uh, a very an excellent student. Yeah. Um, but what other kinds of resources did you take advantage of? Yeah. So we had the Center for Teaching and Learning Success here okay. um, at FAU, and they offer like tutoring services, supplemental instruction. So I was able to attend those types of, you know, tutoring sessions and kind of um, attend to kind of basically basically develop my academics and also utilize the um, College of Business internship program oh, okay. where I was able to kind of um, meet with career advisors, kind of get to know what I need to improve on to mm-hmm. kind of get an internship, get a job right after graduation. So it was really like 
looking at the whole FAU map and seeing exactly like, what can I utilize here that can help me be successful after graduation? You really, yeah, you really took advantage of lots of different (laughs) things, sounds like. I tried to make sure of it. That's great. So what made you decide to enroll in the MBA program? I know you did that pretty soon after graduation from your undergrad. Yeah. So I graduated and I, you know, applied to multiple jobs Mm -hmm. and I even decided, oh, maybe I want to be a teacher. So I was kind of like thinking of a lot of things that I wanted to do, but I wasn't solely um, excited about any of the opportunities and I wasn't so passionate about any of the uh, opportunities that I was going after. So I kind of wanted to improve my skills, get a feel for really what business is about Mm-hmm. And I felt that, you know, why not just get my MBA and learn more about managing a business, really what goes into it instead of, um, you know, kind of the core curricular that we kind of get as an undergrad, but kind mm-hmm. of move into really how to apply it in the actual workforce. So I kind of applied and I was like, yep, the MBA is for me. So that's great. Yeah. It sounds like it was a good fit. It was definitely. Then I believe that there was a time where you had you were in your MBA program and then you landed this great full-time gig. So what was it like to sort of balance those two things? It was a lot harder than I expected. So I, you know, I knew that working full-time, but also going to school full-time during the, in the MBA program wasn't going to be easy, but I didn't expect it to be as um, challenging as it was. Um, I had Mm. to really ensure that I was planning ahead prioritizing and definitely not procrastinating whatsoever. I know that's like a big thing that, you know, um, it's super hard to accomplish, but it was really important that I like got everything done ahead of time. That way I wasn't, you know, being, if I was stressed at work, I wasn't also stressed because I had a deadline with the program as well. So it was challenging, but it was worth it definitely in the end. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've done the same and it, it it takes a lot of planning for sure. Yep. Can you explain a little bit about uh, Slavic 401k, where you work? What kind of company is it? Yeah, so um, Slavic 401k is a 401k administration company. So we administrate retirement savings plans. So pretty much the uh, the IRS really regulates all of these um, retirement savings plans. So it's really our job to administrate them compliantly Um, reviewing documents, making sure that employers are not necessarily taking advantage of the employees um, with this tax Mm -hmm. benefit. So there's a lot of rules and regulations that we must know um, being in this industry and making sure that we follow. So we kind of help the payroll companies that offer these benefits, making sure that they're complying with the IRS for sure. So can I go in and talk to Slavic or is this more for businesses? So, right. It's more for businesses. It's not necessarily individual um, retirement savings plans for you personally, but it is for businesses that utilize payroll companies that want to offer a 401k to their employees, that want to increase retirement savings for their employees. Yep. So what is it that you do there? So currently, um, I'm the assistant manager of a new plans department. So we are kind of the the filter, right? So we uh, receive these retirement savings plans from employers who want to set up uh, a retirement savings plans for their employees, and we ensure that the documents and their plan setup is compliant with the IRS regulations and all the codes that are set forth. So it's pretty much a, I would say again, like a filter um, until mm-hmm. it gets to all the other departments and actually starts becoming an actual active 401k plan. 
Okay. So I know that you spent some time training new hires at the company. How did you land that role? Yeah, so I started off, um, so my title was a new plan specialist. So I was learning, you know, I, I even attended the new hire course myself. And since in my background, um, the COO at the time, Alan Moore, he noticed that um, I was a supplemental instructor at FAU. And mm. I really enjoyed even during my part of the new hire course when I was actual student there, I actually like to help the other new hires with me. So I kind of, you know, created little study sessions for us, created little study mm -hmm. guides, of course. Um, and I think they noticed that, that I was kind of enjoying that part of it and working as a team. And they asked me to, they asked if I would like to be a part of that and um, kind of teach the next new hire class after I was done. Wow. And I was super excited about it. I loved the fact that I could help others um, going yeah. forward and learn more too, because really, you know, you learn more when you teach as well. So, wow. So they really saw something in you from the beginning. Yeah. That's nice. I like say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know since then you have continued to, to work with those new hires. One of the things that you've shared with me before the show is that sort of thinking about the importance of a warm welcome for them. Um, tell me about that and how do you do it? Yeah, like I said before, the warm welcome is super important. Making, you know, a new hire that comes into a new organization feel welcomed and feel comfortable and ready to learn and get excited about the job that they're about to start. Um, you know, it's important to start off fresh. Just like anything, it's good to have good first impressions. So I think that if we can provide new hires with a sense of acceptance, a sense of um, excitement as well. Mm. They'll be more eager to grow and learn more and um, feel like they have a purpose at the company. So mm. by creating welcome packages, maybe decorating their desk or getting giving them a complete binder of really what to expect, things that they you know, might need for the future, any training manuals. I think that kind of preparedness for them or giving them what we think that they need as far as resources goes could definitely help them feel more welcomed when they start the first job. It's It reminds me, forgive me, but it does remind me a little bit about what I know about sororities too. I think it sounds like some of the values that they instilled in you are coming back out in your in your new employment. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I do. Um, I think it was really important to make others feel accepting and mm -hmm. um, valued and excited about these new opportunities that arise, whether it's a sorority or an organization like that or a nonprofit organization that you're volunteering for. Any new experience that you get yourself into, you want to get excited for and you don't, you want to make, you know, the other people who have already been there, you, you feel much better when they give you a warm welcome, like hello, or even when you walk into a house, you know, it's nice to have that warm welcome feeling. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So in these training programs, what kinds of things do you teach or, or what do you wish that new hires, especially maybe young employees, what do you think they, they should know when they come into the professional workplace for the first time? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the main purpose of this new hire course is to go over the rules and regulations that the IRS has set forth, which could be sure. like boring, you know, for these new hires mm -hmm. or it could be um, a foreign language for people who have no experience yeah. in the 401k industry. So I think I kind of like to bring in a little um, fun into the new hire course so mm -hmm. or a little conversational feeling instead of it being a super like class-like structure. So, you know, there's times where we do talk about how do you, how are you feeling in, in our organization and um, how's everything going? And in that, in that point that we do have that discussion, 
I like to encourage, you know, the newer professionals to be patient and really mm-hmm. kind of, you know, nothing, it's not going to happen maybe exactly the way that you want it to happen, whether it's growth, whether it's getting the tools that you need, but being patient and being willing to learn throughout the journey, I think was super important. I, I do like to bring that into my new hire course and kind of just explain that a little bit to maybe the younger professionals who are so eager to grow quickly and climb that ladder. So I think those two key things were important to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, I remember as a young professional just having such such ambition mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting people to trust me immediately. Mm-hmm. And it does take time. You're right. Yeah, a little patience goes a long mm-hmm. way. What does your training look like? You know, you've talked about a little bit about how you try not to lecture too much, right. but um, how do you t- switch that up so that they're not just staring at you? Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, I I started off having a three-day course a week. So pretty much they would come in for an hour in the morning and we would go through the book. And then I realized maybe that's not the most effective way to kind of get these new hires involved. Um, So I understood that everyone's a different learner. So we wanted to Mm -hmm. add more visuals. We wanted to add more maybe videos and um, a digital platform. Since we're all online now, we created a digital new hire course through a program where we were able to plug in videos PowerPoints, um, little checkpoint questions, kind of like an online course at FAU. So it's kind of like I took the online courses that I had experienced here at FAU and tried to make it like into the new hire course. So um, it was actually pretty, pretty cool. And we're actually launching it. This July 15th was our first day that we had um, the new hire course. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, you've really evolved it, it sounds like, from yeah. from what it was into something totally different that works. Yeah, it, yeah, w- it was um, it was a binder with, you know, like 100 pages of just rules <laughs> and regulations, mm-hmm. IRS codes. So um, it's pretty cool to see how it's evolved, yeah. Nice. In terms of your growth at the company, where did you start and how have you grown there? Yeah, so I started off as a new plan specialist. And again, um, I've been patient. I've Mm -hmm. been trying to learn just like, you know, I'm hoping the younger professionals will also do. And I kind of now I'm the the assistant manager of the new plans department. Yeah. And I kind of got here because I didn't stop, you know, just, you know, just because I didn't become a manager in one year or two years. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean anything. You know, it's more of like the knowledge that you can learn and and really how um, you you can help the the team. You can help the company as a whole. So it's really like trying to find where you add value and seeing where you fit. And and really, that's pretty much how I grew. Is I was able to navigate where I would fit in my company and where I could add value in what place. And I think that's what, it, I guess, enabled me to grow to be an assistant manager from a new plan specialist. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Good for you. Thank you. I know you're an ambitious young woman. What gives you the drive to continue to move up and and grow there or just grow, you know, personally as well? Yeah, that's a great question Um, because it isn't easy, right? I mean, when you're ambitious and you're driven and you're super excited to grow and become something, right, Um, it's not as easy as you think it is. So Mm -hmm. really, I feel like the role models that are around my company that I'm able to look up to and I'm able to aspire to be like or aspire to learn from, I think that's what really helped me basically keep moving and keep growing and keep Mm -hmm. trying to like see how I can help the company. Because if I, you know, if I see that there's, you know, successful people and really great employees, 
that also helps me kind of be like, you know what? She can do it. I can do it too. Or he mm-hmm. can do it and I can do it too. And um, I'm going to help this company, you know, become better because we are rapidly growing. So there is definitely room for growth. Yeah. It feels like the teamwork actually inspires you. Yeah, That's nice. Yeah. So I know you shared that you have moved up from specialist to assistant manager. Do you have advice for other people on how to to move internally up through the company? Yeah, I think all companies are different, right? How sure. they're um, going forward with internal positions and openings. And I think it's really important that once you're in a company, really what it look what you look like on paper really doesn't matter anymore. Um, it's all about developing those connections while you're there mm-hmm. and um, kind of like proving yourself when you're there. So in a way, when you're, you know, applying outside, right, you're an external applic- applicant, you're really showing your resume, you know, your cover letter, and then you have that interview. But when you're applying for an internal position, it's different. It's more of like they already know a little bit about you already, yeah. and you kind of need to already have had built your portfolio in a way, right? Mm-hmm. So while you're, you know, doing your day-to-day jobs and you are, you know, in your head, you're like, you want to move up, keep that in mind that you want to build your portfolio, not in a little packet in a paper, but really throughout the organization. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that however your company really goes about, you know, hiring internally, that you're really focusing on, you know, building those connections and and working hard and learning as much as you can to add value to that company so that when it is time to pick that, you know, applicant for an internal position or get promoted, um, you're the right fit and you can show for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that I, I personally have applied for internal positions mm-hmm. before and it can be a little bit uncomfortable to go to that right. interview with your colleagues or you know, other mm-hmm. supervisors, how do you, what do you, what's your um, remedy to that? Yeah. So I feel that when you are the interviewee, it is uncomfortable, right? Because yeah. you're like, they already know me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can I say to really prove myself? But I think it's more of um, also the interviewers part um, where they need to make you feel welcome, make you feel, you know, comfortable in that type of um, situation and mm-hmm. ask ask the good questions that you really want to learn from that applicant because as you know as the interviewee you're you know you're like well they already know me I've kind of already shown for myself uh, what more can I provide and really that's the point where that connection in that type of interview needs to be built so really just having more of a natural conversation in that interview is important yeah yeah I know I I've found that sort of just establishing this is a little awkward. Yeah. And then just move forward yeah, from it, you know? exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to start it. Shireen, I, I just, I've really enjoyed our conversation and I just wanted to ask, um, you know, what's on your horizon here at FAU for the next year? How are you planning to stay involved? Well, I really hope to continue um, with the mentoring program yeah. um, coming up in September and, you know, finding a way to really give back to the FAU community um, because they've already given me so much. So, yeah. That's great. We love having you here. So thank, thank you so you. much. What's Happening at FAU Business is part of the FAU College of Business podcast network. Learn more at business.fau.edu slash podcasts. <laughs>